May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? In modern Western Christianity, I think that we have two temptations that face us. The first is an overemphasis on experience. So one is not a Christian to many because they were baptized into the church, but because they had some sort of experience in which they asked Jesus into their hearts. There's a pressure in many circles to craft a testimony that involves a conversion experience that rivals St. Paul on the road to Damascus. There are, of course, opposite tendencies in other Christian traditions, which emphasize the outward only and make religion purely mechanistic. Today on Ash Wednesday, we are reminded of the danger of both of these approaches. Our emphasis today and during the rest of Lent is not purely on the inward feelings and experiences, nor is it purely on the outward actions at the expense of those inward feelings. And this is a very important lesson for us as disciples of our Lord. The collect helps us set the stage. We pray to a God who hates nothing that he has made and who forgives the sins of all those who are penitent. This reminds us that in the midst of our penance, God is good and his property is always to have mercy. So why are we fasting during these 40 days of Lent? Because we desire for God to create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of him, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. So we fast as a way of demonstrating to God our penance, throwing ourselves at his grace precisely because we know he is merciful. In the book of the prophet Joel, which was our epistle reading this evening, God uses the prophet to call the people of Israel to repentance. In our reading, we heard him call to Israel, Turn ye even to me, saith the Lord, with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. The internal and the external must match. To go through the motions is to check off the boxes, and that's just empty ritualism. While self-discipline is valuable, in in and of itself, it's not the point, especially when one is lacking true contrition for our sins. At the same time, Joel is very careful to remind the Israelites that they do have external responsibilities, that they should fast and weep and mourn. Sheer internalism is the opposite problem of empty ritualism. Internalism means that we say we feel sorry without actually making any sacrifice, which is something that we are called to do. So the inward and the outward must match. They match when we become aware not just of our own sinfulness, but also of who God is, that he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, 
and repenteth him of the evil. It's because we're aware that his property truly is to have mercy that we can find protection in in him who is our solid rock and firm foundation. At the same time, we would be wise to heed Anglican minister John Wesley's caution against presuming on God's grace, which is what we do when we become aware of his mercy and his grace and then go about our business as usual, or even worse, use his grace as an excuse to sin. Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Paul asks in Romans chapter 6. May it not be so. There is a final dimension to the external-internal dynamic addressed in our propers this evening in the gospel reading. In the reading, Jesus gives instructions to his disciples not to fast like the hypocrites who disfigure their faces, urging them instead that they should clean up before they go out so that they keep fasting a secret. To disfigure one's face is to draw attention to fasting. It's to seek recognition from others. That, Jesus says, is its own reward. But it is a foolish thing to seek after because it's akin to laying up treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Seeking commendation from others for our good actions is a perishable reward. Doing fasting and other spiritual acts in secret means only our Heavenly Father sees the pure intention underlying the act. This leads to an imperishable reward because it amounts to laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Whether we seek applause and adulation from the world or from the Father is an indicator of where we are. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So Lent is a time for us to reconcile the inward and the outward. And there are two bases on, basis on which we do that. The first is God's faithfulness, his love, and his forgiveness. And the second is our own mortality. From dust we have come, and to dust we shall return. We enter this season aware of God's infinitude and great love, but also of our finitude, our fragility, and our sinfulness. And together, these two realizations should be a catalyst whereby we seek to further conform ourselves to him above all other things. Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.